Hello. <laughs> Thank you, you two. Uh, hello, and my name is Nathan, and I'm now one of the older members of the Christchurch youth. Uh, <laughs> and I have the privilege of sharing God's word with you all today. Today, we're going to be uh, learning about what it means to be apprentices of the mission, that is, the handing over of ministry from one generation to another. So let's all turn to 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 1 together and read. So, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were traveling from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has told me to go to Bethel. But Elisha replied, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went down together to Bethel. The group of prophets from Bethel came to Elisha and asked him, did you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? Of course I know, Elisha answered, but be quiet about it. Then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has told me to go to Jericho. But Elisha replied again, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went on together to Jericho. Then the group of prophets from Jericho came to Elisha and asked him, did you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? Of course I know, Elijah answered, but be quiet about it. Then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has told me to go to the Jordan River. But again, Elisha replied, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went on together. Fifty men from the group of prophets also went and watched from a distance as Elijah and Elisha stopped beside the Jordan River. Then Elijah folded his cloak together and struck the water with it. The river divided and the two of them went across on dry ground. When they came to the other side, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what I can do for you before I am taken away. And Elisha replied, please let me inherit a double share of your spirit and become your successor. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah replied. If you see me when I'm taken from you, then you will get your request. But if not, then you won't. So now we're going to hear a couple testimonies from Ken, which relate to the word that we're going to look at today. Thank you, Nathan. Great to be working in tandem with one of the older youth of the youth group. <laughs> and uh, it's a great theme that we're looking at. And um, as we prepared this together and prayed together about what we would bring today, I really felt my part in this morning was to bring testimony to two men that have, were sent by God, really, to make my life work and to make my life work in God. Uh, one is called David. One is called John. I became a, a Christian, uh, became a friend of Jesus when I was a young teenager. And this young dad in the church, he saw this young man from a non-Christian background. He thought, he needs help or he's not going to make it. And so he set out to pray for me uh, constantly. I, I can tell you that that man is a fact. That man prayed for me every day of my Christian life until he died. He did miss one day and he told me about it and apologized for it. On that day, he had a heart attack. 
So I forgave him straight away. He was a tremendous man in my life. He was the dad I never had. And he was a man who would take me with him. He was asked to speak regularly in other churches. He would take me with him whenever he went to do anything exciting in the family of God. And he would give me a 10-minute slot and then tell me afterwards what I shouldn't have done in that 10-minute slot. And he was responsible for that training. He was with me when I was baptized in the Spirit and received the gift of tongues. He prayed over me for that gift to become clear in my life. He's advised me in my life again and again. Sometimes it had to tell me, you're getting it wrong, Ken. But he always did it without judgment, with great generosity of spirit. He inspired me. I did his funeral. And at his funeral, there were so many other young men like me and young families that I was who actually were there to celebrate his life. People were queuing out of the door. They even had to sit people on the stage to get everybody in to celebrate this man who was an Elijah to so many others, including me and his wife as well, to us as a family, actually. He died sitting on the end of his bed. He had a heart attack. But his wife didn't interrupt him because he was in prayer. He prayed full of faith, full of courage, right to the end of his life. Then there was another man. God knew that I needed this. God sent another man to keep an eye on me from age 21 when I was newly married. I didn't know how to be a husband, and I'm not exaggerating at all, and I didn't know how to be a dad. And I didn't know how to do life properly. But this man was sent into my life to help me. He became my boss at work. He became my elder at church. And he became my neighbor. And he became my mentor and my friend. And in the last church that I led, actually, um, we would meet every Friday morning. Him and Hillary and Sue and myself. And we'd meet for bacon butties and to chew over the cud of how church had been that week and how we were doing personally. We laughed a lot at ourselves, and we cried a lot about what was going on in other people's lives. He was someone who was very down-to-earth. I'd better not repeat some of his quotes from the front here. <laughs> he was a raw farming man who pursued Jesus to his dying day, I did his funeral. At his funeral, we had to do it over two days. There were too many people to get in in one sitting. There were a thousand people that came to his funeral. He died in a most godly way. When he was 80, he went on a mission to Moldova. And while he was there, he shared his, the word of God and the gospel three times every day with groups of people that had been set up for him because he went many times. He came back with a cold, and that cold turned out to be um, legionnaires. When that man died, around his bed were his family, and they were singing his favorite hymn, And Can It Be That I Should Gain. And when they got to the line that said, My chains fell off, my heart was free, one that he bellowed out, 
as he sang it. And you know what I mean if you'd known him. Uh, everybody would know he was enjoying that line. In that line, he went to be with the Lord. These men adopted me. They inspired me. They trusted me. They prayed for me. They set an example for me. They taught me how not to be a grumpy old granddad, but how to be a man on a mission to my last breath. And they've become a model for me to follow. My family, which is a lovely family, I think so anyway, <laughs> have been inspired by these men as well. I dread to think what would have happened to me if I'd not had that input into my life as a teenager, a young dad, and even as an older man. Let me pray as Nathan comes to share the word of God with us. Lord God, thank you that your idea was church and you created church to be one generation away from extinction. And you intend for every generation to be a generation of faith and obedience that passes on and imparts to the next generation the wonders of being on the mission of God until our last breath. Please anoint Nathan as he speaks. May the word of God enter our hearts and minds and change our behavior. In Jesus' name. Amen. Nathan. Thank you very much, Ken. Um, so going off the testimonies that Ken shared, we're just going to be looking at the passages um, that we've read together and seeing how um, what we see in the passages can apply to our lives of different generations and how we can see that through the testimonies that um, Ken has given. So in this passage, we discover that there are two main themes running throughout, steadfast obedience and bold faith. These themes depict certain aspects of the relationship between the older and younger generations in God's kingdom. What we first see is the obedience of both generations. Firstly, Elijah continues to be obedient to God and his calling right up until the end. He continues to follow God's command despite the fact that he knows that God will soon take him in a whirlwind. In verse 2, we see Elijah tell Elisha, the Lord has told me to go to Bethel. And again in verse 4, the Lord has told me to go to Jericho. And furthermore, in verse 6, the Lord has told me to go to the Jordan River. These verses emphasize the fact that God can still use and work through people during their final days. That if we stay obedient to what God is telling us, he can still use us in our old age. If anything, Elijah was working above what we consider to be his threshold today, traveling here, there, and everywhere to fulfill God's calling for his life. On the other hand, we also learn that the younger generations are to honor the generations that precede them. Here, this act shown through Elisha's apprenticeship with Elijah. Although Elijah tells Elisha on several occasions to stay here, Elisha insists on following Elijah wherever he goes in order to continue learning and deepening his understanding of what it means to live the life that God has called Elisha to live. Not only is Elisha being an apprentice towards Elijah in his ministry, 
But Elisha shows consistent loyalty towards Elijah, constantly stating that I will never leave you. Elisha wants to be as close to Elijah as he is to God. And through this relationship, he will hence be closer to God. This shows how those of the younger generation must be loyal and obedient to the older generations as we have much to learn from them, not only so that we can obey them, but also so that we can learn to obey God and his plan for our lives. This is highly important to us now more than ever as we see a major identity crisis among the new generations. Many lack the purpose that God has given them. It only takes a few seconds to realize how much the worldwide disloyalty and dishonor of this generation and lack of biblical discipleship from the older generations has pushed the face of God's plan out of the Western world. At this point in the story, we begin to see how the relationship between Elijah and Elisha is not about them, but it's about God in every possible way. They remain loyal to each other to allow God to move through them and work through them. For example, when Elisha is asked on multiple occasions if he knows that Elijah will be taken on that day, he insists that everybody remain quiet. This way, people won't start to make it about Elijah, but instead will let Elijah continue to serve God and carry out his mission, much like the wife of, of John, like um, Ken mentioned, keeping the focus on God regardless of the circumstances of the situation. Here, we learn not to put down the older generations in the thought that they'll soon depart. Instead, we learn that it's better to allow the older generations to continue in God's ministry and their calling so that God can continue to be glorified and that we can continue to learn from them. This metaphor of obedience and apprenticeship is further heightened through the places that God takes the two of uh, the two, the Elijah and Elisha in their mission together. These places were of high significance to the, um, the Old Testament Jews at the time, a testament to God's loyalty to his people and a sign of Israel's obedience to God through faith. For example, Bethel is the site where God promised Jacob that Israel would receive the promised land through a dream. Elijah and Elisha also go to Jericho, the site where Israel won the promised land by breaking down the walls with trumpet sound. And finally, Elijah and Elisha cross at the Jordan River by parting the waters and walking through. As Anna mentioned earlier, this is a direct symbolism of God taking the Israelites out of Egypt through the parted Red Sea. This recap of history that God takes them on is part of Elisha's apprenticeship to the prophet. It shows God's faithfulness and amplifies God's promises for us and the coming generations. So here we understand that not only do we have much to learn from the current generations, but our history as a church and the history of God's people is also crucial in understanding our part in God's kingdom. This is why preaching the Bible is so critical as we enrich ourselves with God's faithfulness to his covenant, to us, and our obedience to God and his command. The second, smaller theme running through the passage is bold faith. This theme is most prominent in verses 9 and 10, where we see the handing over of the baton from Elijah to Elisha. 
Before we begin to see our bold faith, we first see a repayment of service to Elisha from Elijah when he asks him, tell me what I can do for you before I am taken away. This sign of humility signifies that Elijah is ready to hand over his ministry to Elisha to continue God's work after he has gone. However, the passing over of the responsibilities is also our first sign of faith, as by entrusting Elisha to continue to touch lives and glorify God's name. Yes. (laughs) Elijah, hence, has full trust in his successor that he will follow God's command. As a result, the older generations need to put their trust in the younger generations to continue God's mission with God's guidance. The act of handing over this baton is a symbolism of God's authority and anoints the younger generations to be able to follow God's calling for them and expand his kingdom after your time has passed. In response to Elijah's question, we begin to get a much greater sense of what it means to have bold faith. Elisha asks Elijah to inherit a double share of your spirit. This thirst that Elisha has for God's ministry is an act of pure faith that God can help him deliver a double portion of what Elijah was able to do. Hearing this, the younger generations should strive to achieve twofold or even more than the generation under which they were apprentices. This compels us to hunger and thirst for God to work through us in his mission, learning from the wisdom of those in the previous generations. Elijah responds to Elisha by saying that he has asked for a difficult thing, but adds that if you see me when I'm taken away from you, then you will get your request. This shows how the younger generation's loyalty towards the older generation will allow them to achieve what they strive to achieve. It also emphasizes the fact that we can't do it alone. Sacrifices, hardships, and suffering will come alongside our mission, which is why we need to lean on God to help us through those times. It also shows us how through our faith in Jesus and the trust that God will provide for us, we can deliver the double portion for the glorifying of God and his kingdom on earth. We can see that in the next couple uh, chapters as we see that Elisha was able to perform 14 miracles compared to Elijah, who did do seven. I just want to invite Ken back up as we're going to begin to pray for each other. Ken is firstly going to lead us through a prayer for the older generation, and I will then lead us in prayer for the younger generations, and then we'll wrap up by spending time in groups of five or six of people from different generations praying for each other. I wonder if I could ask um, all of those people that are over 40 to stand up, please. I'm choosing 40 purposely because that's when uh, Hebrews tells us, Hebrews 11 tells us that Moses had become a man when he was 40. <laughs> and he was, he was an adult. So all of us who are 40 and over, and I'd like to pray for us. Let's pray. Father God, we want to thank you for saving us. You saved us much more than just from sin and hell and judgment. You saved us from so many perils in our lives that we could have fallen into. We thank you that you've delivered us many times. Lord God, help us to stay 
obedient to you in the mission of God. And help us, O oh God, to continue to show boldness as we step out in obedience to you. Father, I pray you deliver us from unbelief, cynicism, criticism, tutting, always seeing what is wrong, that we be people full of inspiration for the generations below us, that they would look to us and say, wow, look how they're running for God, and that they'd have a job to keep up with us. <laughs> I pray, Lord God, you'd revive us again in our prayer lives, that we would pray for the next generation, full of faith and full of the Spirit, expecting more from God in the next generation. We are sorry, Lord, that on our watch, the church shrank in Britain. But we want to pray that for the next generation, the church will explode in Britain and will spread all across this land and to other lands, that there will be a revival amongst the next generation that will be going down in the history books again, ushering in the return of Jesus Christ. Oh God, help us, keep us from giving in to weariness. Help us not to give up doing good. Help us to be people who speak faith over our children and grandchildren. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Lord, I want to thank you for the relationships that you've given us in this church. I want to thank you that we're able to mentor each other and learn from each other and have this deep sense of family. I ask that we draw close to our mentors and those who we learn from as we draw close to God. I ask that you'd continue to help us learn from each other and understand more of you and more of ourselves as we draw deeper in your presence with each other. I ask that we would be obedient to those who go before us as we are to you, Lord, and I ask that we would honor them. I want to thank you for the mission that they have done for us, and I ask that we would have the thirst to do even more, Lord, yeah. that we would have the thirst and the hunger to, to, put, to do double of what they've done, Lord, that we would be able to see the revival in this nation, Lord. I want to thank you for the skills that you've given us, Lord, that we would be able to nurture those to be able to go out and expand your kingdom, Lord. I ask that we'd have a double portion in our lives. I also ask, Lord, that as we grow up, that we would receive the trust from the older generations and that we would not allow them to stop and, and just relax, Lord, but that we would allow them to continue to work so that we can learn more and work with them, Lord. I ask, Lord, that in those times of hardships that we will encounter as we, as we go through our mission, Lord, that you would draw close to us, that you would comfort us, that you will deliver our needs so that we can continue to serve you and glorify you. Lord, I want to thank you for everything you've done for us and for everything you will continue to do for every generation in your kingdom. Amen.